Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Screen Heroes, episode 103. It is... February 6th. I am Derek, one you of are. your regular hosts. I have my two other regular hosts with me, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. What's up, dude? And our returning guest, Jordan. I'm back again. We're very thankful. We are. We are very thankful. And we are going to be talking about uh, the best cult films of all no. time. No, we're talking about our favorite cult films. I didn't well, say mine the are best. the mine are also the best. Oh, really? Yeah. Your so. favorite stuff is just always the best. Not always, but usually. What are you doing? I'm turning the game down a little bit because the levels are a little high. Oh, okay. so I just wanted to adjust that here for us. That is definitely a little bit better there. So anyway, um, yeah. So we are going to be talking about our favorite cult films of all time. Yep. Before we do that, though, we'll go ahead and do some news. Who wants to kick us off? Well, there was this thing this weekend. Small event. No big deal. Sports okay. Ball. Sports ball. Uh, yeah, the Super Bowl happened. And congrats to uh, Philly. Woo! Congrats to you. Very excited. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to get tired of sad Tom Brady memes for a while. Ever. That, that'll sustain me for about a week. So that's cool. But lots of new trailers. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, one of the big draws about the Super Bowl for non-football fans are the commercials. Uh, there were some, some Even fun ones. Even for football fans, people... I enjoy the commercials. Yeah, people like them. I do. Uh, most expensive TV minute in the world. Uh, we had uh, lots of like new trailers. We had a bunch of... Uh, bunch of Tide commercials with, uh, what's his name from Stranger David Things? David Harbour. David Harbour. Definitely Cowboy. trying to save face. Yeah, actually, those were my favorite commercials. They were fun. So I really enjoyed well, those. That's, you can afford to do that when all the teenagers in the world are buying your uh, Tide pods to eat. I feel a little bad for They're Tide. the next <laughs> voting generation, guys. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> There are people our age who are doing it, too, on YouTube. I just want to point that out. So, Sorry. Yeah. Um, anyway, but there were some new trailers. We got the first teaser for Solo, a Star Wars story. That was not during the Super Bowl. No. It wasn't? No, that oh, was, it was after Good Morning America. Yeah. No, no, that was the, the full morning. trailer. There was a teaser it was a, the during technically, the Super Bowl. There hasn't been a trailer yet. They're both teasers. Okay, that's not it's what like I've. A minute and forty seconds is not a full trailer. I don't think they are calling it a trailer. Maybe they were. I don't because... know. What the thing I said teaser, but it doesn't matter okay. ultimately. Well, during the Super Bowl, there they was a short a teaser for Han Solo. In we have the Super seen Bowl. two collections of clips, and yes. one of them was during the Super Bowl. Is my point? Yeah. And then we saw a new trailer slash teaser slash preview for Infinity War. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, short one, but lots of new footage. Lots of new footage. 
And was that it for like big new movies? Did we see Skyscraper? Was that the preview? There was the Cloverfield one, I think. Skyscraper's and... in a Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah. Right. Which, Which, bold move, they aired right after. I'm really interested to see how that does. Yes. It's not doing so well so far. Is it not? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, like based on views or rating? Based like, on ratings. Okay. People are watching it. I'd be curious um, like to see how many people went and mm-hmm. watched it because it got released so quickly after the first trailer. That would be more what interests me than the actual reading. I will say on a personal level, people I actually know seem to really be enjoying it. Yeah. It's the critics that really don't like it. Um, so take that for what it's worth. I saw a hilarious meme the other day that said it tracked the progression of Cloverfields and how the first one only had like three months of marketing. The second one had a week of marketing. This one had a day of marketing. And then the Cloverfield 4 is J.J. Abrams comes and throws a DVD in your window and just runs away. <laughs> like, I mean, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Get him on the podcast. Yeah, right? right? Like, wait. <laughs> J.J. Uh, actually, I, actually, I thought it looked really interesting. It piqued my interest um, more than the other two previews because I actually haven't seen a Cloverfield movie at this point. I saw the first one, but I did not see the second one. Okay, I saw the second one. It was mm. yeah, see, the second one wasn't supposed to be a Cloverfield movie originally, right? right. They rebranded it that way because nobody was going to put it out, right? Yeah, so it's been a weird franchise. Um, so let's talk a bit about some of these trailers. Then. Uh, so Solo will just include both teasers at this point since yeah. they're out. Um, how do you guys feel? Awesome. I think that silence <laughs> is pretty like telling of how we all feel about it, to be honest. This is the one story I really didn't want. Like, there's five more anthology stories I'd like to see ahead of time, and or even more than that. Yeah, like, really. Yeah, uh, go back and listen to our pitch your own Star Wars movie because all three of us Solo was not on there. No, but I mean the cast, like everything looks pretty, which is what I expect out of a Star Wars film. Now it looks captivating. It looks beautiful. Amelia Clark is like wearing. Empire clothes, but also she's not, and it. Kira looks cool. She's designed well. Lando looks like a boss. Yeah, Donald Glover looks good. He does. Yeah, I mean, he in the whole trailer definitely was the thing that stood out to me. Like I could actually see that being a young Lando, whereas the guy that's playing Han Solo does not look like a young Harrison Ford even a little <laughs> bit. Like, and doesn't sound like it. There's there's nothing there that's reminiscent to me of Harrison Ford's performance. It's totally weird to hear him say, I want to be the best pilot in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Like, that doesn't sound like Han to no. me. I don't remember Han. Like, Han never said he was the best pilot. He said that the Falcon was, like, a fast, fast ship. ship. Yeah. You know, like, there's a difference. Um, now, so, Ryan, you know the EU much better than than the rest of us here. Did the Falcon look different at some other point and go through some major? You know, wreck? I don't. I didn't read anything that took place before the Star Wars. Oh, okay. Like when I was reading the books and the other stuff that I'm into was way, way before, before the movies, okay. rather than like right before. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't okay. know because like that's throwing me off answer. that they're like purposely making the Falcon look different when there's not a lot of time in between this and the New Hope. It can't be more than like ten years, maybe. And he changed a lot in 10 years. Right. Well, but Harrison Ford wasn't that old in, in the original he Star was Wars. 30. Right. And so this kid's in his 20s, isn't he? Probably. So, yeah. you know, I'm just saying. I'm really worried <laughs> that they're, like, making him into be, like, this war hero or something, like, have some, like, universe-shattering event happen that he saves the day on because 
Han Solo, the whole appeal of him was that he was just this smuggler at a bar that nobody really knows. Yeah. You think that if he was this hero, that everybody at that bar would know who he is and he wouldn't be going to Jabba to get, you know. He's uh, a hero of circumstance, not. He's not the guy that steps up to the plate. He's the guy that doesn't want to bail on his friends. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, though, is like his big redeeming moment in A New Hope and. You know, anything he does after that point would be cheapened if he's already done that. Yeah, prior. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's partly why I don't want to see this. Is his mysterious background is a positive for his character growth. I have a weird theory in my head. I'm going to keep it in there until we have seen the film, and then I will tell it to you guys. But it's, so we don't get that. Here. Yeah. No. Thanks. No. <laughs> I'm working on it. I it's... think you should make her write it down and put it in an envelope we can leave Ooh, up there. I like okay. That. So that, that way she can't, we know she hasn't manipulated right. it based on it. having seen the movie or right. anything like, like that. I have a theory on who's going to die in Infinity Right, yeah, I'm but not I'm not going to tell you until after I've seen it. I refuse to play the Deadpool with that game. I don't want to know who's going to die. It was just a joke I, as an example. <laughs> that's something that like everybody is doing. And it... it yeah. Okay, I'll pick it. I'll pick a different joke next time. Then. Fine. Sorry. Thank you, Derek. Can we move on to like our actual podcast topic? Uh, sure, like, sure. Done with news. Then. Sh- short news segment. All right, let's move on. You don't want to talk Infinity War at all? It looks great, like it did last time. Nothing's changed. The fanboys are freaking out that they think Captain Marvel was in one shot. She's not. It's not her. Spoiler alert: It's, it's Scarlet her. Witch. You can tell clearly by the outfit. But everybody thinks it's Captain Marvel. Also, Cap gets a new shield. That everyone's really get this man a shield is a Wakandan shield that expands out of his bracers, which is really cool. But he won't keep it for long. I was kind of hoping he would get the energy shield that he has in the comic books. But yeah, it wasn't quite what I anticipated. But it makes sense. He looks really cool. Like the shot with him like walking down the hallway and Black Widow also looks really cool. The two of them that was a neat shot, and, Mm -hmm. and they both I really like the direction they've gone with their costumes. I'm not sure I care for the new design of Tony's arc reactor. It looks like a heart. Like, literally. Oh, like he's a Care Bear? It's Isn't a, it like a triangle? Maybe I didn't look that closely at it. It used to be it. a triangle. It's got like a dip in it now. Oh. And, I mean, it's obviously just the suit What design, about the armor, though? Right? The bleeding edge armor looks we're finally cool. seeing yeah, it looks in pretty theaters. Cool. If you're not familiar with the comic books, in the, he got an armor called Bleeding Edge. It basically mm-hmm. is nanites that come out of his skin and... and form the armor on him, which is kind of unbelievable, but apparently they're doing it in the MC, which I think, it looks really well, cool, very sleek. Um, it's a nice extension of... cosplayers that are well, going to build it. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's a good extension, though, of, of Iron Man 3, where he's got the, the stuff underneath. Extremis. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so um, it's a good extension of that, and I think sure. it looks really good. Yeah. You know, and that's really the important part in a big ensemble movie like this, because I doubt they can spend too much time explaining the suit. There's a scene where it looks like uh, Spidey and Doctor Strange and Iron Man are all on Thanos' ship, which is interesting. And oh, then, is that what that was? Yeah. Okay. When they're all like standing there looking kind of, you know, and then right. there's a scene with Doctor Strange and Iron Man where Iron Man is either ruining whatever Doctor Strange <laughs> did or they're teaming up, which I hope is what it is. Right. Um, I mean, obviously they're working on the same team, but if they're doing like combos, like the Marvel game, that yeah. Ultimate Alliance, <laughs> that's what game. I want to see. You know, all right, all right. So magic and tech. Here's something that we haven't seen, <laughs> and I don't know if it's going to drop like a bomb soon and we'll get it, or if they're going to surprise us until the day of, or if it doesn't even matter. But the the Black Order, the children of Thanos, they have yet to be 
shown in anything more than the statues. Like shadows, really, in the, yeah. in the trailers. Anyway. Right, right. But, like, who's playing them? What actors are playing them? Yeah, I couldn't like, tell you. I figured it was probably nobodies. Cause... See, it's either going to be complete nobodies, or they're going to drop, like, four really big actors on us just for fun that are only going to be in this film. Because, let's face it, the chances like of them it. wiping out... <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be really metal. Um, no, I mean, that's an interesting point. I mean, they were able to keep it a secret for Ragnarok, so I suppose it's possible. Um, but it is difficult to keep big secrets these days, so... I'd be surprised, pleasantly, you know, if they were able to pull that off. How great did Thanos look in that last shot, though? Everybody was complaining about his CG in the first trailer, which I didn't really understand. His shades of purple have changed, and you can explain that with, I think it was lighting. Like, in that first trailer, it was a weird light, you know? And then this one, he looked very purple. Look, I I don't understand. It doesn't bother me. Like, it's still a trailer. Like, remember when people freaked out about the doors in the trailer for Jurassic World? Yeah. Like, it's a trailer. The movie's not done yet. That's why we have the trailer, right? So, these things are still being worked on. I mean, special effects are worked on until the 11th hour. But this looks better than a lot of recent movies. Yes. Final. Not to bash on Justice League, but I mean, this looks looks better than Steppenwolf did in the final release. It absolutely does. So, I'm not sure what people are complaining about. Yeah. I don't know what they were expecting, maybe. Like, what they had in their heads. Because I think that looks better than anything I had in mine. So, you know. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Talk Rev says Jack Black and his cousins are playing the... <laughs> the, the fatties? <laughs> oh, man. Alright, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's... That's coming out. It's a lot we just talked about for a sixty-second trailer, but there was a lot to there was a lot to kind of. They were just like reintroductions, but they were showing us new stuff. So Vision looks really hurt in that one shot. He's holding his side, so you know that's interesting. She's doing all that food. Did he have his mind gem? It didn't look like he had his mind gem in when when he was walking down that hallway. Still no Hawkeye. Yeah, he's busy uh, putting up a new bathroom in his farm. (laughs) farm. (laughs) Yeah, he's retired. Jordan, what about what about you, man? Any thoughts on the trailer? I haven't, unfortunately, haven't been able to see it yet. Mm. So, I'm sorry. I thought you watched the game because we were talking about it earlier. So, no, I I can't stand football at all. To be honest. <laughs> I wish you had told me before you. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. All right, fine. we're gonna talk cult films now. All right, do you Yay. want to define what that means for anybody who doesn't know? Okay, so it's it's kind of difficult to become a cult film. You have to have a very poor box office showing for one reason or another. You can have critics completely excited about you and try to talk you up, but then nobody goes because it's a little weird. It's a little off-putting. Maybe it's too dark. Maybe it's just slightly outside of your comfort zone. Maybe you don't even hear about it because the marketing is so bad. But instead, it does really well with DVDs, sells, Blu-ray sales later on. They have re-releases. And the fandom of it is absolutely incredible. These are the people that can recite the movie from beginning to end. They're the ones that, you know, completely turn around in a grocery checkout line or a subway and they're like oh my god you've seen that movie that's that's what this is about we're talking about our favorite cult films i expect a lot of overlap here because it's not easy to get a cult film there's only about 
people say there's only about 400 cult films, and let's face it, like 300, 400 films are releasing just this year. So it's it's kind of difficult to achieve this status. So probably going to talk about a lot of the same films. Um, I know we wanted to get kind of the big one out of the way. Yeah, so it's a good just a good example of a cult film. So the cult film, the number one cult film, it's Rocky Horror Picture Show. the The fandom behind it is absolutely insane. It is the longest running feature film. It's never been taken out of theaters because there are midnight showings all across the country at all times you can find a showing in theaters of rocky horror somewhere in this country right here right now yeah i mean the alamo draft house here in town does it every couple of months it feels like exactly they have like four or five showings a year just of that uh so what happened with the rocky horror it was on stage first richard o'brien wrote it and uh somebody else directed it because richard o'brien was doing multiple roles in the film he's best known for riffraff yeah, don't he he did a second movie. Um, Shock treatment. Yeah, don't don't watch that one. That one was awful, <laughs> and it's it deserves its awful status. But one of the big things about Rocky Horror for for people who don't know the big cult following behind it is people go dressed up to the movies. So they'll they'll go in drag and crazy costumes and things like that and sing along. And there's a lot. There's of, a routine mm-hmm. that people do. They bring certain items to the show and they yell certain things at certain times. And it's it it is a cult. It's also a musical, which, at least as far as my list is concerned, is really the only musical mm-hmm. um, that had cult status. But Jordan's shaking his head, so I'm curious to see what he's got. I have a musical on uh, mine. You do? Okay. Yeah. Ryan, do you have any musicals? No. Okay. But uh, but it's got some great music. It has one of my favorite Meatloaf songs, actually, um, in, in the movie. But uh, it's a weird one. It really is. There's a slightly different version. Uh, the, the UK release has some extra scenes in it that weren't in the US version. Uh, the Rocky Horror debuted in 1975. It did well in one theater in the United Kingdom. And then everywhere else it failed. It tanked. So the uh, the studio convinced it to only run it at midnight because those showings were doing well for plan nine from outer space. And that's how it developed its cult. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I've seen it a few times. I'm not as big of a fan as probably at least two of the, two to three of the people at the table are, uh, but you recognize so, that it's like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I can okay. appreciate it for what it was, but I've never been one to go to the movies and like, yell at the screen and sing songs. We tried that, like that once with yeah. you. It did not go over not well. Not for Rocky Horror, though. <laughs> to be yeah. fair, we picked, I think, a, a poor movie choice for that experience for Ryan. Maybe. But I've never seen Rocky Horror in theaters. I've only ever seen it on DVD. You have, Jordan? I've actually gone to a Denver showing. I usually go out to uh, Colorado for Halloween every year with my family, and there was actually a showing in Denver, and we went out to it. And it was just a great time. You got to hang out with people afterwards, talk about the movie, a couple cool riffraffs and just hanging out. Did you dress up? I did not. I Aww. didn't. <laughs> you did, right? I've dressed up seven times. Seven times? Seven times. Yeah. I've played Magenta, Janet, and Columbia. Columbia is my favorite because of the high-pitched voice and the tap shoes, but... Fair enough. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Cool. I, my dad used to go, which is a fun thing to learn. You're... I learned new things about that man. He was an interesting guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
because if you knew him, you wouldn't ever think that that would be something he would want to do. But no. uh, your dad looked like Santa. So. I think it had something to do with meatloaf, though, because he was a big meatloaf fan. But who isn't? <laughs> All right, let's move on. So, Jordan, you want to go first? Well, I'll pick a one of my cult ones. It's actually kind of recent, and it's kind of similar to uh, Rocky Horror. It's called Repo the Genetic Opera. Nice. <laughs> That's a fun movie. It's not really well known because the only only advertisement I've ever found for it was on a Saw movie, and that's how I found out about it. And uh, it was because it was by the two producers of Saw, and then I was like, that looked kind of interesting, so I went out and I found the DVD and I popped it in, and it just, it's got a good cast. It's got a weird cast. (laughs) Yeah, I've just got some good ones that I've seen in other movies before. The only thing I didn't like there is Paris Hilton in it, so that's about the one thing that ruins. That's about the one thing that ruins it for you. Paris Hilton has a decent voice, so at least she doesn't screw it up, and she's not a huge part of it, so you can easily ignore her. But uh, Sarah Brightman, who's one of the best opera singers in the world. Stars as Blind Mag. And then, of course, if you're a Buffy fan, Giles is the main character. So, hmm. that's cool. Interesting. I didn't know that. I've actually never seen it. Me neither. So, good job, Ryan. High five. Um, yeah, I'm killing it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan is very sleep depraved right now. <laughs> Fair enough. But, yeah, this, this movie was not very well marketed and... Um, it was what I learned about many years after it had come out, so I didn't even know it was a thing. Sadly, it came out at the exact same time as the Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker movie Repo Men. And it has the exact same premise where you if you can't pay off your medical bills, then repo the your transplant that. organs. So it's the ants to the bug's life. Yes. Okay. Just very, very darker. And the cool part is, like I was saying, it's similar to um, Rocky Horror because there are still places that sometimes do shows Mm -hmm. and they'll actually you can dress up like some of the different characters from that and they've actually taken on the road a couple times throughout america and other countries if you want to catch it and you're here local in kc or i guess st joe crypticon does a showing every year really yeah oh they'll do a sing-along after like i think it's on their saturday night yeah nice yeah ryan what are you bringing to the table I've got my list here. Of course you Your do. Handy dandy list. Handy dandy list. I gotta pick which one. I didn't. I wasn't planning for this. Okay. <laughs> so we talk about a lot of these movies that are on my list a lot. So I'm gonna try and avoid those for the moment. Um, I'm going to go with Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, such a good movie. Oh, that's so great. I discovered this movie on like TBS or Comedy Central or something when I was a teenager. If you aren't familiar with it, it's an '80s movie. Starring uh, Jim Carrey, uh, Marlon Wayans, Damon, Damon Wayans, one of the Wayans, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, uh, Gina Davis. Uh, I mean, it's got those, those for the '80s. They were some of those guys were not big names in the '80s. Gina Davis was a pretty big name yeah. in the '80s, um, but it was like a day of debut for Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey for sure, and possibly the other two in terms of like something that actually you know ca- caught on later. 
because um, it wasn't good at the time. People didn't go see it. Right. But it's about aliens that come to Earth. Uh, they come to, like, uh, the hills or, like, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere in California, Valley, the Valley of California or something. And uh, Like, their ship crashes in her pool, right? Right. The ship yeah. crashes in her pool, and they're all, like, super hairy, alien, hairy, hairy aliens <laughs> in all different colors. And she's, like, Very a hairstylist, or her friend's a hairstylist, and they go and they shave them, and they just look like... <laughs> totally normal people. Totally normal. Normal people, yeah, no razor burn or anything, but they, uh, yeah, they go on some wacky adventures and, uh, you yeah, think that scene in uh, Jurassic Park is sexy with Jeff Goldblum? You haven't seen it. Oh, there's some sexy Jeff Goldblum scene. Like, he walks out shirtless looking amazing, and yeah. I'm sitting there as a little girl. Like, I think I that like his shirt o- buttons only ever got to about here yeah. in that movie. <laughs> I remember seeing this and watching the scene where she's about to have sex with him and she takes like her entire month's worth of birth control oh, right, right then and there. Right. And, and re- to clear up, she was about to have sex with an alien. Yes. Just- yeah. Yes. Okay. And my mom turns to me and she's like, don't do that. You'll have a mustache by morning. I had no idea what she meant or what was going on. I just knew my mom had a weird reaction. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah. yeah, I've I've loved that movie since a fairly young age. I, it was just it's honest. fairly kid friendly. Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of sex stuff that it happens. Any window, yeah. it was on some channel, you know, TNT or TBS or USA or something like that yeah. back in the '90s. I think and, it was Comedy Central yeah. because I swear I watched it on Comedy Central. I'm, I'm sure it was too. I mean, this was some like normal cable channel, yeah. in, like '94 or something like that, that I saw it on. You know, and I knew Jeff Goldblum because I I watched weird movies at a very young age, so I had already seen The Fly a few times. Yes. You know, which is one of this might be my favorite Jeff Goldblum movie. Oh, it's um, so good. But uh, yeah, that's that's a movie where he simultaneously like, he looks really great and it's really amazing. disgusting yeah. in the same film. Uh, if you've never seen his remake of The Fly, whew. for me it was weird because I had seen movies because these guys had gotten more popular s- since the movie came out, and I had yeah. seen them in much more. You know, I had seen Ace Ventura, so I knew that one, and I had seen Blank Man, which is where I knew. Uh, Wayans from, and then I I had seen Jurassic Park, so and The Fly, or yeah, yeah. So I had, uh, I knew Jeff Goldblum, and you know, it was it was weird for me seeing them <laughs> in that way so young versus sure. what I knew them as, you know, in my day, which was in the nineties. So mm-hmm. this was like during the first season of In Living Color, which is why those two were cast. Mm-hmm. So, it, so that's interesting. It was Jim Carrey's like. Uh, theatrical debut. Or... He was great. The yeah. impression of a valley girl, them all doing like valley girl impressions, <laughs> was so good. It was really great. Um, so chat's got some interesting stuff. So Renbuff12 actually went to high school with the director of Repo. That's neat. Um, so that, that person is actually local here. Went to Shawnee Mission North High School for anybody who's local to the Kansas City area. So that's kind of neat. Um, Your turn. My turn. Okay, so uh, I'm actually I'm going to go with my first one, which is the oldest one on my list because I put them in chronological order, and that is Plan Nine from Outer Space, 1959. Um, it the crazy is crazy Ed Wood. The crazy Ed Wood, Bella Lugosi's last film, um, sadly, uh, and it is considered the wor- well, it's up for the argument of the worst film of all time that and you know mono's hands of fate those are the big two that people usually argue about and so that's really where its cult status came from is that it's just this terrible movie i mean so bella lugosi died during the production of the film and wasn't done filming his parts yet so edward got his chiropractor 
to finish the movie. And so for the rest of the film, Bela Lugosi's playing like a, a vampire Dracula type, like he, you know, like he did. Like Quentin. <laughs> that's just what, that's what he did mostly. And so because of that, he had a cape. And so his chiropractor just holds the cape in front of his face. You can just see his eyes for the rest of the movie. So no one would know it's not Bela Lugosi. Wow. Um, which is just one of my favorite Why didn't they, they do the Dr. Parnassus Heath Ledger trick where they just switch him up? Well, you know, <laughs> It was a little early for a big twist like that, and um, Johnny Depp just wasn't available. Uh, but, but he uh, did play Ed Farrell. Wood. But he, that's yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the movie cost sixty thousand dollars to make. Uh, I tried really hard to find some box office numbers for this, but it is a, a really old movie, nineteen fifty nine, and that was something I was not able to find. So if you do know, I'd, I'd love to to hear it. Um, all black and white. I've seen it many times. It is a truly terrible movie. <laughs> I have not seen it. It's it's one of my favorite bad movies to watch. It really is because just what it took to actually put it together and put it out is really just just funny in retrospect. I'm sure Ed Wood did not think it was hilarious that people were making so much fun of him, but you know he is partly famous because of it. Probably mostly famous because of it. Yeah, I know. I'll try to be nice. Anyone, in case he's watching. In case he's watching, yeah. Uh, has anyone else seen Plan 9? I've seen Chat Ed has. Wood. Chat has seen Chat, Chat has seen Plan 9? Um, okay, Doc, Doc Rev saw it. Okay. Yeah, uh, I actually own it. I have it on DVD if anyone ever wants to watch it. So. I'm good. Thank Parties you, at Derek's. Parties at, party at my place. <laughs> All right, fine. Whatever. Ray. Okay, so when I was in high school... I got EW's copy of uh, their best. I feel like this is going somewhere. It is. Stick with it, Derek. <laughs> it's a long walk. Their best cult films of all time. So that summer, I went on a bender and watched every single one of them. And the first one I watched was The Warriors. Never seen it. Maybe in 1979. It is based on a book of the same name. It is about a group of gangs, giant group of gangs, thousands of people in this, like hundreds of gangs, that meet up and they have a speech of... They watch this guy, Cyrus, do a speech of unity and telling him to stop fighting and coming together. And just as everybody was like, yeah, we're not going to fight anymore... Cyrus gets shot, and he, he's dead. And uh, a rival gang says it was the Warriors, so the Warriors have to make it back to their turf, Coney Island, safe. Do when, they have to come out to play? Yes, okay. they do. When sure. thousands of people are going to try and kill them for killing Cyrus. So they have to get from point A to point B, and it is a lot of fun. These gangs are ridiculous. There's uh, one group of all females called the Lizzies. Guess what they were supposed to be? Lizards. <laughs> Got it. Nailed it. <laughs> yes. I'm so good at these games. <laughs> there were the Furies, which uh, are baseball guys with bats that have tons of face paint on them. And, like, it was a fun movie. I have stopped really liking it because... Uh, there's a lot of rape, a lot of rape jokes, a lot of guys just saying they're going to do it. And I'm like, this is cool. We can pass now. But So why'd you keep it on your list? I kept it on my list because of how uh, influential it was on me in oh, high okay. school seeing 
uh, like you remove that those like four or five little lines about rape about how it's so easy and you still have a good film in there so I'm trying to take it for a product of its time it's really hard for me not to have that lens on now but uh, fun fact it's not fun it's not a fun fact right are you trying to steal my thing yeah it's the fun fact that it's not a fun fact it's not a fun fact not fun fact sad fact uh, there were so many riots and vandalism after some of the showings that uh the studio let theaters out of their contracts so they could stop showing it. Wow. Three people died. <laughs> yeah. Two in California, one in Boston. That so. is a fun fact. It's not fun. But that is why it tanked at the box office. Because after two or three days, people were dying. And so wow. they were like, nope, done. That's intense. Yeah. Not fun fact. <laughs> okay. Jordan, your turn. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go... With I'd probably have to go with uh, Kevin Smith and go with Clerks. That was on my list. You gotta have it on there. I mean, especially for a movie that used all his money, maxed out credit cards just to try to pull it off, and just a classic movie. I mean, you really. I did not have that on my list. I am probably one of the weirder people that actually likes Clerks Two better than the original Clerks. Clerks Two is solid. Yeah. It is. It's a good movie. I don't think it, it qualifies for the cult no. as much, so, yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean the original Clerks was fine. I just there's a lot of like monologuing or not. There's a lot of just like shots of two people talking, which is why little, I like it. It's got a little tedious so. for me personally, but I did think it was good, and I have watched it multiple times. But you know, it isn't in my favorites. It's it's just one of mine. I like and I like how that started. I mean, I feel like that's where you get from with Kevin Smith, and then everything just leads back to that. And we're still waiting to see: is he ever going to try to make a three? <laughs> we're still hoping for a three. I think there will be another Jay and Silent Bob before there will be another. I agree. Three. I'll take that. Yeah. I honestly think that Kevin Smith is done with the Viewers Universe. He tried to do a Mallrat show. And it fell through when Shannon Doherty uh, was positive for breast cancer and had to go through chemo because he said he wasn't going to make it without her. Which I understand. And also, tough. Weinstein it was a big part of his early movies. Yeah, I mean, Weinstein and Miramax went hand in hand, so... He, uh, he, he definitely wants to separate himself from that, so I don't know that that would cause him to give up on the whole thing, but... Well, I don't know shift. how much Miramax owns of the Viewsk universe at this point. That's true. But yeah. he makes some really quirky uh, horror films now. Red State, Tusk, and Yoga Hosers are yeah. all connected. That's true. So, I mean, that's that's yeah. what he's doing. He wants to make movies with his kid, and I can't blame him. That's cool. So, some fun facts about the original Clerks, because it is one of my favorite movies. Not just cult movies. I love the original Clerks. Uh, so, it actually, considering it only cost $27,000 to make, it made over $3 million. So, it made its money back and then some. But it was never shown in any more than 64 theaters at the same time. So, the the fact that it made $3 million in just 64 screens when, like, a big blockbuster today is shown in 22, 2400 screens. Um, that's a big deal. Uh, to top it off, though, one of my favorite things about this is uh, in the movie, for, the, for those of you who... Uh, have seen it. The, the whole thing takes place in that convenience store, right? But he can't get the doors open, um, the uh, the big shades, right? Well, that's because they actually were only allowed to film there if they filmed at night while the convenience store was actually closed. So every shot that's inside the convenience store is shot in the middle of the night. 
And so they didn't want the windows open to show that it was night outside or have to artificially light it, which would have cost more money. So that's why that there's gum in the lock and they couldn't open the sliding doors. Savages. Savages. Also... <laughs> <laughs> the uh the the big movie uh movie rental scene where he's just going through all of the porn porno titles come on eileen yeah he was so uncomfortable doing that in front of the kid that he actually refused to yeah and they were shot totally separately so that way he wouldn't have to say all that stuff in front of the kid which when you think about what the character is and all the stuff the character says it's pretty cool to think that there are lions and he you know it was really just it's part of the character and not who he really is, so. Fun fact about me, ever since I've seen that movie, I, you know, anytime I get a request from an elderly person, I say, no time for love, Dr. Jones, and shimmy it way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't do that at my job, but I do it out in public. So, just a few few fun facts about the movie, so. You had more than I had on that part, so. <laughs> That's what's great about these films. There's overlap. We all have some fun stuff to say ryan i'm trying to figure out what i want to go with. okay i want to go with something that's a little newer um grandma's boy okay uh it's you it's one of those movies that you either love it or you hate it um it's a comedy about a stoner video game program video game tester that comes up with his own uh video game and it's stolen by a large corporation. This is a lot like Derek's sitcom that he pitched a few weeks ago. If you so I've it. never seen Grandma's Boy. Oh, really? So it's very possible. I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> uh, the, the, the company, big company that he works for gets their hands on the game and think it's great. And so they try and release it and take credit for it. And the guy lives with his grandma at the time. So um, that's where, where the title comes from. But um, it's a pretty funny movie. It really is. And it isn't all pot humor, which is usually a huge turnoff for me when, uh, like, they make it a point to show that the main character's a stoner. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, but it's not an overwhelming amount. Uh, it's not, like, the entire basis of the movie. Um, but, you know, anything with video games is always going to be a plus for me because I connect with it a little bit more because they've been an important part of my life. Uh, you know, at one point we all wanted to be video game testers for a living, right? Anybody that played video games, that would be like the Why ideal. Why are you saying it in past tense? Right? <laughs> <laughs> because I think now you realize it's probably not as glorious a job as it, you might have thought it was as a child. I'd uh, still do it. Okay. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, it, then you should probably watch the movie. It was pretty pretty entertaining. Uh, Nick Swardson is in it. He's great. We made him watch uh, the movie. Did we? I thought he'd seen it. For New Year's. I did? Yeah. Yeah, we made you watch the movie. John Hills. Yeah. We were there for New Year's. I thought I remembered something yeah, like that. Yeah, we made you watch it. And after oh, this was in their basement. You hated the experience because we talked and laughed and quoted at the end. Okay, so I blocked it out because <laughs> yeah. I didn't get to watch yeah. the movie. No, that's okay. It's coming back to me now. We were hanging out in their basement and you guys wouldn't shut up. <laughs> I don't like experiencing a movie that way for the first time, you know. I get it. That's fine. You want silence and focus and I get it, but... It was too good. You can't yeah. not quote that film. Like yeah. I still say, "Don't judge me, monkey." I still say, "I want robot legs." <laughs> you it's do. A risky you, operation. You quote that guy all the time. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I take a coat and hide against the wall like this, and pretend nobody How can see did me. She see me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
All right, Derek. I'm, I'm getting some flashbacks. Okay. <laughs> so It's back there somewhere. You're, <laughs> you're allowed to go only if the movie that you say is also on Jordan's list, so he can jump in and take yours. I'm too. sorry. That was. I'm sorry. I thought you were done talking. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Talk about right. a movie. You should feel bad now. I do. I feel terrible. <laughs> Um, all right. gonna, like she said, there's going to be overlaps, so you, and you had more data ready than I did, so I'm not offended by it. All right, well then, I'm just I'm just going to pick uh, the next one on my list here, which is The Evil Dead, 1981, Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, the original film to start it all, The Evil Dead. So I have this wonderful little thing in my head where like some movies are cult films, but some directors are cult directors. And I feel like no matter what they direct, you're going to get a cult movie out of them because nobody will take him seriously Please except for this small demographic. <laughs> He's not really like that anymore. But no, Spider-Man 3 all three is of the, not a cult no, film. It's not. But all three of the Evil Deads could be. I, all three of the Evil Deads are cult films for sure. Although all, all four. Okay. There's I haven't four. actually seen the fourth one. I don't know if that fourth one is a cult it, film yeah, yet I don't or think not. I, would I don't know. It. Well, it's part of the franchise, and it, it, it it's actually a really good horror movie for anyone. Who I hasn't believe seen it. that. I just so. haven't seen it because I was more interested in Bruce Campbell by the end of Army of Darkness That's than I fair, was in yeah. seeing a retake on the whole, whole telling of the situation. But Jordan and I did have a discussion about this earlier, and I think it's kind of relevant that there's a point when a movie is not really a cult movie anymore because there's. So many people like it. I'm not saying Evil Dead. The original is like that way. I think we both pretty much said that the original Evil Dead would be the only one of the trilogy that probably actually qualifies for that because that Army of Darkness and because of that Evil Dead, because it has similar tones, mm -hmm. have all become very, very popular, uh, probably yeah. beyond cult status, in my opinion. But it's an interesting conversation, right? Because uh, how popular does something have to become for it to lose not be that a status, cult? Yeah, right? not be a cult. Yeah. Really. Everything we've talked about so far has extensions. People have made video game adaptations or uh, sequels either by themselves, like Shock Treatment or Clerks 2. Who didn't see Earth Girls Are Easy 2, Electric <laughs> Boogaloo? I mean, I, I would have seen it. I just, <laughs> yeah, I would have watched it. the same cast? Hell yeah, I would go see it tomorrow. Right? Oh my god, do that movie tomorrow! They could do it. Do yeah. it on Netflix and just post a trailer today. Jim Carrey's even crazier. Like, yeah. Let's do this. Um, no, I think it makes a really interesting point. And you know, The Evil Dead has some weird history behind it because it was essentially remade in Evil Dead 2, but obviously less serious and less gruesome. Um, you know, more campy. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's an interesting question because our Army of Darkness made some decent money. It made like $14 million. They, you know, showed it in a bunch of screens and all that type of stuff, whereas the first two were made with pennies. Uh, the first one, I think, was just uh, $350,000 budget. And never was in more than 128 theaters at the same time. So, and I think only like if you're talking to Evil Dead fans or Army of which Darkness which all fans, of us are at Bruce this Campbell, table. Sam Raimi fans, whatever, um, the majority of them will have seen Army of Darkness and Evil Dead too. But probably not as many of them have seen the original Evil Dead, and probably even fewer of those actually like the original. Um, I love the original. It's my favorite. It's the, the scariest. This, it is. It's not my favorite, but I mean, That's I can fine. definitely respect it for what it is. 
Um, and it is a good cult movie, I think. It's it's definitely qualifies to be on this list. It's just one of those things where I have several on my list that it's like, are, are the, they're considered cult movies, but I don't know if I would consider them a cult movie just because of popularity. Anyway, that was an aside point. It's a good point, though, up. right? Because you now have, of course, Ash vs. Evil Dead on Stars. You right. Know? It's like on a major premium network that's yeah. on its third, coming up on its third season. Um, so it's obviously hit pretty mainstream at right. this point. So. I still think that, like, of all the TV shows out there, it's still kind of a cult TV show because not everybody wants to watch a show where somebody's head gets shoved up somebody's butt and then, like, a penis is slapping them in the face. I mean, that's true. That's true. But I think a lot of these big premium shows, they do kind of, um, you know, push themselves away from certain audiences. I mean, there are certain people that just don't want to watch Game of Thrones for for the violence or for other reasons and and stuff like that. And I think Ash vs. Evil Dead just kind of has its niche. It knows what it is. You know, it's a Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, Raimi gore fest, and if that's your thing, then you'll probably have a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, um, I'm going to talk about Office Space because Mike Judge is a hilarious guy. If you don't know Office Space, then you're probably not my friend. But he also did Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. He's had much more success with that. Uh, it came out in 1999. It has sold millions of copies of VHSs, DVDs, and Blu-rays. It It's insanely funny. Uh, Mike Judge actually hated what the studios did to it and believes that's why it... It was... Uh, it Not did a poorly. Success, yeah. yeah. Um, he hated the uh, poster with Stephen Root's character covered in post-its. Everybody thought it looked like a bird. He hated the trailer because it wasn't an Adam Sandler film with funny quips that you could put in a 30-second, 45-second blip. It, it, its jokes were longer and sly and kind of, you know, they were running jokes. The Michael Bolton thing is funny like five times because they bring it up all the time. And like, why should I change my name? And he's the one that sucks. Like, <laughs> it's like Superman three. It's, it's a hilarious film. And it's one of those that I can quote from start to finish. If you get me going on it, I, it's so relevant to my daily life. I always have a case of the Mondays. That's like, another one I caught on Comedy Central or something like that that I never saw in theaters or anything. I didn't. Know and that. I caught it before, like I was. I don't know what year that came out, but I don't think I was really working. Ninety nine. At the time, yeah, because I was still in high school, and so, and I definitely not working in an office, so. You know, I, I thought the jokes were still funny and relevant, even though you know a lot of them were based around this scenario that was foreign to me. Mm-hmm. But um, that's, I think, the very telling of a movie. And, and yeah, Mike Judge is great. The movie is super quotable. Um, just yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Now, Jordan, I thought I saw you cross something off your list. Was this one on yours? Yes, it was. It was one of those ones for me. I actually, I've, I swear, I've seen it a couple times, but I never watched it all the way through. Then one day, just going to Walmart, I found five dollar bin. I'm like, I'll finally give it a shot. Popped it in, and I pretty much watched it like three times over the next week. <laughs> and only thing I remember is like, I remember just having even a printer at my house and how much I wanted to beat the heck out of that thing with a baseball bat. <laughs> I can only imagine one of them at a big, big corporation. It's like, I think we've all had that time where like, I hate this printer. I want to destroy it. So, yep. PC low letter. What does that mean? <laughs> 
what it's like to have eight bosses. Eight Bob. Um, yeah. I, it always was kind of close to me. T- I, I saw it before I started working at TGI Fridays, but certainly after I started working at Fridays, it really hit home because that's basically the restaurant it was that Jennifer based Anderson. off of Fridays. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the flair, like we had flair. All right? Yeah, that was a thing that we had. And did you ever get talked? To- <laughs> I was about to say, did you have a minimum amount of? Pieces of flair. So it's different. Uh, at least were you back- at the minimum or were you above the minimum? Well, see, so at Fridays, at least back when I worked there, this was a long time ago now, over 10 years, uh, you earned your flair. Oh. You couldn't just pick stuff. You earned your flair. It was all like official Friday's stuff. And so, you know, there were things for doing certain activities, you know, $1,000 in sales or, you know, whatever. Shift lead. So it's like having achievements unlocked. Yes. It was gamification back, you know, before... Gamification, gamification. was named. Uh, yeah, so that that's that was kind of how that worked, is you just you earned your flair. Oh, so you didn't have to express yourself. No, but we and I, we were not allowed to wear the suspenders. Oh, that's too bad. No way. Yeah. I would have liked to see you in suspenders. <laughs> All right, Jordan. I'm going to go with one that I know Ryan and me have talked about the last couple days. Um, this one's a cult classic for me, and that's just called The Crow. Ah, The Crow. The Crow. Brandon Lee's uh, death movie. I don't know if there's yeah. an actual word for a death movie of a actor, but your first and final film because you're murdered, like just by some guy not fixing a prop the proper way and lodging a bullet in your heart. Still maintain that's on purpose. But um, I mean, you got good ones, and you got Ernie Hudson in there just for a little extra. Uh, I can never remember the. I know his name is Top Dollar, but I can't remember the 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 villains. Actors' names, but I know I've seen him in a lot of different stuff before, and it, it was just a—it's a good movie for me. I'm—it's in my top five all-time movies that I've ever watched. I own the soundtrack. I have the 20th anniversary edition case and everything. And, and uh, we just don't talk about any of the sequels, though. Oh God, they're so bad. Tara Reid's in one. That we don't talk about that. One. Being in a movie doesn't make the movie bad. It, it did. It it just did. the American Pie movies were pretty good. The first three, first two, the third one was mediocre. <laughs> okay, I wasn't thinking about that. Was movies, that was a walk. Uh, it was a walk. Yeah. yeah, I was I was working it out in my head. It was an actual walk happening. How do you feel about Momoa doing the new adaptation? Oh, is that real? Is that actually happening? Yeah. I'd be very interested to see how that goes through. I know it's been thrown around a lot who's going to be doing it. I think even for a while, Bradley Cooper, I believe, was supposed to be the re-envision of The Crow. Um, If they're going to reboot it and go with the original storyline, I'd love to see how they go with it. So do you want them to reboot the movie and see that first film again in a different style or do you want them to adapt the comic book again uh, that's, that's a tough one on that one that's a question. um god i um i'd want to see the first one the first movie again actually because um i fell in love with the movie first i found the comic second i didn't even know it was a comic movie until later um and like I said, I, lo- I want to see the thing I fell in love with redone. And I think Momoa would actually do pretty good for that. Um, okay. It, it's, I don't know. That's a, that's a really tough one because <laughs> like I said, I've I've read the comics afterwards, so it kind of went easier for me. But, yeah. you know, 
and I want to know how the movie would have been done if Brandon would have would have still been alive. Mm-hmm. If the, maybe the sequels would have been with him more. If there mm-hmm. would have even been more sequels. You know, here's what I think about that movie. I, for I don't think it's that great of a movie personally. I think that there's a, on my list of movies. There's probably a handful of them that are more like. They've kind of turned into this edgy thing that, like, the Hot Topic shoppers want to watch. And this The Crow is, is on that list. Yeah. It maybe started that list. <laughs> I think that if Brandon Lee hadn't died during that movie, that nobody would have even given it a second thought. And it would not be not be a cult status and nobody would really be talking about it. Um, you are almost, like, 100% right with that. This is the penultimate goth film. And yeah. it's not, it's the Hot Topic goth. And I enjoy it because I saw it when I was a little kid and it really, like, I grew up in a very abusive child or home as a kid and it was nice to think that maybe somewhere out there, there was like the savior of some kind. So it was, it was kind of like the fairy tales taken to a darker place and that these bad guys would get punishment so i was able to lose myself in it but you're right the cinematography and some of those scenes not great uh aside from ernie hudson and brandon lee the acting's not like top notch i mean it's those two are solid because they're good actors but uh, people surrounding them i think you know probably not so much but you're right what achieves cult status is completely different and i think because he died it achieved cult status Uh, i think that the story i watched i can't even remember if it was a video or what but uh i I read or watched something about how the bullet actually got into the gun and the failure of all these people and how that all actually happened and that was actually more interesting to me than the actual movie interesting for whatever reason i'm not trying to crap all over this movie because you know you obviously don't necessarily fit the criteria of the people that we're talking about (laughs) that are traditionally liking that movie and i'm sure you have different reasons um, but I think that a lot of people like it just because it's the edgy thing. And there's, like I said, several other movies on my list that I think are probably would qualify for that for most people as well. Fair point. All right. Well then, Ryan, what's your next one? So then I guess this is going to be our last one. So I got to make it count. Yeah. Um, I'm so, I don't know. I have so many more. I know, right? We'll do a lightning round. We'll um, go a little bit over. It's right. cool. So I'm going to pick one that I think definitely fits the criteria of cult film more than even a lot of the ones that we've already talked about. I think um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And I would actually not only put that one, but I would also put Life of Brian and some of the other ones that are probably less popular. But Monty Python for me is... um, My dad was a huge fan of Monty Python. And so he got me into Holy Grail, Life of Brian when I was older, uh, Meaning of Life, Faulty Towers, all the Monty Python stuff. I, I picked the Holy Grail because it's the probably the closest to something that's actually got a cult following of all the movies. Um, but it, British humor is either love it or hate it. And P- there's, there's a small dedicated group of people that really enjoy British humor. And I think that Monty Python did it probably the best it's been done. Uh, that movie was extremely creative. Um, and just, you know, you can quote almost every line in that movie. And, and there's nothing, I could nitpick at it, but it's really not worth it. Because the whole movie <laughs> is supposed to be, like, cheaply made and, you know, have all these bad sets and things like that. So, you know, yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. It was on my I list. 
it was definitely on my list. I love that movie. Um, it's probably one of my favorite films that I don't actually own. I just never got around to being able to pick up a copy that I wanted. But yeah, I've always loved that movie. The, the humor is great. I mean, that you know, they they find they they see the castle and everything. It's, it's only a model. Like yeah. the movie was so aware of itself. It was very meta before yeah. meta was like really a thing. Exactly. Have you seen Life of Brian? I have. I have. Okay. Uh, I, I actually think that one's better than Holy Grail for me personally because like I like a making fun of Jesus. Apparently. Perspective, I think you're right, but from just like a straight, just ridiculousness perspective, I think Holy Grail is kind of almost that pinnacle level of what that type of comedy looks like for me. Um, and I mean, I saw it first. I saw it much younger. I didn't see Life of Brian until I was rightfully older. so. <laughs> yeah. Well, that wasn't even really the reason. It was more of just. Um, it, I went out and sought it out. Oh, okay. You know, my parents, my parents let me watch really whatever I wanted, but it had more to do with what they were aware of. And, right. You know, if they were they aware were of not movie, aware of Life of Brian, right, that yeah. was the thing, right? So, like, you know, Monty Python and the Holy Grail would be on TV, and my dad would watch it, and I would watch it with him. Life of Brian wasn't really going to be on no. regular cable, <laughs> and so. if it was, it would be neutered to the point where it probably isn't funny anymore. Right. So literally, balls removed because yeah. there is some of that in the movie. Yeah, there's a naked dude throughout the entire <laughs> film. Uh, the Holy Grail was something that I fought for a while because in the seventh grade I had a really cute boyfriend who would come up and shout knee at me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine being greeted at 6.50 in the morning like that every day for four months. I don't want to be greeted at 6.50 in the morning. It was awful. It was awful. (laughs) And this guy wouldn't relent. So I I finally watched it and I didn't want to tell him that I liked it because I was pissed he had done this to me for four months. (laughs) But I loved it. And I still love it. And I'm really sad that we haven't done like a group of galloping knights. I'd rather do a group of the knights. The knights nice who yeah. Oh, or, yeah. No, or no, the knights that say, Eki, 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 Knights who formally said me. <laughs> oh, man. You must cut down the tallest tree in a forest <laughs> with a herring. <laughs> Bring us a shrubbery. Yeah, that, see, those are the best guys so in the movie. So good. What is the airspeed velocity of Unleaded Swallow? Or Brave Sir Robin. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we should probably not quote that for the entire rest of the podcast. Let's move on, let's move on. Derek, your turn. All right, so is this really like the last one that we're going to go through? Is that we're going to actually talk about? Probably. In detail, yeah. We're going to have a lightning round. I'm going to go with my personal favorite. This is actually one of my favorite movies, hands down, ever. I could probably just watch it on a loop for a really embarrassingly long amount of time, and that is Clue. Which we've talked about about a handful, or maybe a dozen, or maybe double I that the amount of times. Just of wanted to mention it because it is a cult film. Um, it has a pretty incredible cast, but it didn't do particularly well. It had a fifteen million dollar budget, and it did not make it back in theaters. I would imagine at this point it probably has in three dollar bin DVD sales, but um, it you know. It, but um. It's actually the only movie on my list that did not make its budget back, um, as far as my, my cult movies are concerned, which is which is interesting. Um, big big cast, fun theater showings where they would show one of three random endings, and you know the DVD gives you the choice to watch all three of them um, if you want to do that. They're remaking it now with Ryan Reynolds on board for some role that we don't know yet, and I am very curious to see what they do with it, but. I just, you know, that's my favorite. One of my favorite movies ever. We just watched it on Friday or Saturday. We did. 
And I'm like obsessed with trying to figure out like what the real ending is supposed to be. I don't think it's any of the three that they actually filmed, but I'm still trying to work it out in my head what the actual truth is. Fun fact, you can't because there are mistakes. There are mistakes, but I'm I'm dedicated. <laughs> there must be some logical explanation. Oh, There's Derek's deathbed. Not. He's going to get ready to tell us what it is. He's finally figured it out, and then he's going to die before he actually tells us what the it was. Is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just pulls his unplug. <laughs> yeah, just for drama. Just for dramatic effect. Uh... Alright, yeah. so you want to do the lightning rounds? No, it's she my hasn't turn. Oh, yet. So I thought you went first. always forget about it. Because I, thought, I think you go first because you kind of run the order, so. Uh, whatever. No, I don't go first. I usually go last. So then go. Alright, so <laughs> there's a lot on my list left. I'm going to talk about the film that is critically the absolute best that's probably on my list. It's just phenomenal. And it comes from one of those directors who is a cult director. That's Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yes, I'm actually surprised that nobody has said that one yet. So it's probably the newest on my list as well. It came out in 2010. It is based off of a comic book series, six book comic books. Uh, they're like trades, kind of, uh, by Brian O'Malley. And who is half Canadian, half Korean. He... It's it's an incredible movie from start to finish. It's got a cast of people that range from all stars who have been acting for their entire lives, like Michael Sarah and Chris Evans, and it has up and comers like uh, Brie Larson and Aubrey Plaza and Anna Kendrick, and it's got unknowns that stole the show like Ellen Wong and Allison Pill. So it it had such great critic reviews but failed at the box office and maybe it was too quirky for people maybe it was just a little too detailed but Edgar Wright poured his heart and soul into that film and I actually think it's his best film but I know that it, I'm going to get argued with later either online <laughs> or in person maybe I'll get dumped tonight I don't know but it's I think it's his best. I think he put the most detail into it. I think he put the most heart into it. And I think everything that came out of that film is wonderful. I, I never want it to be touched again. Like, there was a fun 8-bit video game that I played for a little bit. But I don't want any sequels. I don't want any any follow-ups. Like, let this be perfect in its nice little bubble. Don't harm it. <laughs> Part of me thinks it may have just been ahead of its time. I think if a movie like that were released today... Today, it would have been better, yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, I think that, that movie, all, every shot is packed with something for you to, like, analyze and see a second time. It's just... It's a master class of passion filmmaking, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, the scene where the twins and the... And, um, Sex Bob-omb have the the battle. Uh, battle that that's one of my favorite scenes of any movie because I think that the way that they showed the music fight in terms of like uh, making it into an animal mm -hmm. um, and having the animals fight was just a beautiful way of doing of handling uh, music and one art form into another art form and it was, the whole thing just kind of came together for me at that point and I thought it was they really great. Had to do it like that. Edgar Wright wanted only actors who were Canadian or American. The twins, however, 
were uh, Japanese and could not speak a lick of English. They they couldn't adapt the fight like it was in the comic book where they talk and they have banter and they couldn't. They just couldn't. So that's how they handled it and it was awesome. Ten minutes of a CGI battle and both are playing yeah. really great music. And, and the soundtrack is something so that's often overlooked but I think most of it was by Beck and they like mm-hmm. were made to play like a garage version of themselves which they already are kind of garage band but I mean you know songs that are just bad but they're like really catchy you know mm-hmm. singing about a car a garbage truck for example um but then you get the other band um evie's clash band, at... clash at demon head yeah um and i have songs from sex Bubble and clash at demon head on my spotify playlist because yeah. i think that, that the soundtrack was brilliantly done so good soundtrack's phenomenal brandon routh we didn't mention brandon routh is in it. Um, mary elizabeth winstead mary elizabeth winstead that was the film i had, I had first seen with her and i yeah. thought she was great when edgar wright got a hold of the script that was the first person he had cast in his head he hadn't even approached her yet and it was because he said mary elizabeth winstead was the happiest most optimistic person he had ever met and he wanted to see that version of her that was grounded but also broken inside he's mm. like i still want to see a happy person but someone who's just been through the ringer he thought she could do it he was right yeah, the, she did the movie is better every time i watch it and we just saw it recently. I notice more stuff every single time. Like, on the tr- or the bus, when they're riding the bus together, every time you see Scott, there are hearts in the background. Every time you see Ramona, there are X's in the background. It's just those small things. Like, on street signs, on scrolling tickers. It's just crazy how awesome that movie is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's a movie you can only appreciate more with, you know, viewing it over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, lightning round. Jordan, what is everything else on your list? Uh, uh, Clockwork Orange is the one I got on here. House of a Thousand Corpses. Rob and, Zombie, another one of those cult directors. Um, Toxic Avenger was actually one I threw on there from the I love that, that one. Uh, Boon, I love the musical, too. Boondock Saint, Donnie Darko. Yeah, Donnie Darko. Uh, I don't get Donnie Darko. I'm just going to say it. That's I fine. I don't get it. And just to not list off everything I have, I'll throw in Lost Boys, too. Was one oh. of, Lost Boys was the one I have to throw on my list. I had Donnie Darko on my list, too. That one kind of goes in the category of movies that I think edgy people want to want people to think they're intelligent. So that they uh, so they say they like that movie and nobody else understands it. So I had so Boondock smart. Saints on my list, and I think that's another that's one for another the hot one. topic. Fight Club group. is another one. Yep. But see, I have those movies on my list because I really like them, but yeah. I don't want to be in that group. Anyway, um, <laughs> The Thing, um, I had Big Trouble in Little China, but we've talked about that a lot, so I didn't want to bring that up again. Princess Bride is another one. Uh, Labyrinth. Napoleon yep. Dynamite, we yeah, don't talk about is. very much, but it's I like that one. Um, Galaxy Quest, Shaun of the Dead. So Galaxy Galaxy Quest, I mean, it had a pretty amazing theater run. So I'm not sure it qualifies as a cult film. Oh, I don't know. It's I'm, beloved, right? Sure. One of my favorite movies, but it it has some some theater records that are pretty interesting. It, it made it on some of the lists. I wouldn't put it in like the top ten cult films. It probably I, maybe yeah. not t- top ten cult films no. by definition of cult film, but I think that technically it's on a lot. IMDb considers it a cult film, and Wikipedia yeah. does as well. Surprise um, me. Shaun of the Dead, Starship Troopers, oh, yeah. Edward Scissorhands, and Hackers. Nice. Yeah. It's a strong list. I have some movies on it that I just hadn't considered as cult films, but those are really good. I mean, Starship Troopers, yeah, that makes I total love that sense. movie. Yeah. You're up. All right. Sorry. 
so I've got sorry Blade Runner the nineteen eighty two one. Yes, that is absolutely a cult film. Um, it barely made its budget back. This is Spinal Tap, which yes, I've seen it. I heard it's good. I love it, but it actually has my favorite DVD menu of all time. So there's that. Um, and then I also have uh, the only other one on my list that wasn't on anybody else's, The Big Lebowski. Oh, definitely a cult film. With Tara Reid in it. Yeah, so. yeah. I had that one, but I just didn't want to, I figured somebody else was going to throw it out eventually, so I just kind of left it off my list, unfortunately. That was going to be the next one I was going to talk about. So. I think that's fair. It has its own convention now. It and it's does. crazy. Lebowski Fest. And isn't there a religion, like an official filed with the government religion, <sighs> like Jedi? Um, I don't know if it goes that far, but it has to. I look at Ryan because he's a practicing Jedi. Yeah, that's like, true. I am. <laughs> he it's wears his robes and his driver's license. It yeah. does have to do with, with there. There are some interesting, interesting things with that. Yes. Yeah. There's also one more you have on the table for our cult films, but no one's brought up the Fifth Element. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. Well, we've talked about that a lot. That's why I know, but on my list. I, that's but all I saw the You still need your lightning round. Uh, so Heathers from 1988. That was a fun. I don't know that movie. We'll, we'll definitely watch it. I had Boondock Saints. I had Mars Attacks. Mars so Attacks good. Good. Awesome. Uh, it's probably the least popular Tim Burton film, but it might be my favorite Tim Burton film out of everything. I, I think I some know. of the recent Tim Burton films are less popular <laughs> than that one. But. I always but, forget it's a Tim Burton yeah, film. Yeah, right? It has, it like, like, an one. insane amount of cast. But that one's fun because it was based off of a cult trading card game. Right. Like, that's cool. And then I had to talk about John Waters because, like, everything he does becomes a cult. Like, Pink Flamingos and Hairspray. But I first got into him by watching Cry Baby, which was one of Johnny Depp's first roles after, uh, obviously, Nightmare on Elm Street and 21 Jump Street so many streets mm. but it, that's a hilarious movie starting like ricky lake and iggy pop it's got a weird cast but it's fun fascinating yeah that's my lightning round cool all right well if we left anything off the list that you guys think are fantastic cult films let us know uh you can hit us up at heroes podcasts on twitter and facebook or go to heroes podcasts Dot com and comment on the episode. You can, of course, join us live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central at twitch.tv slash heroes podcasts. And you can chat with us like several people did tonight. So thank you, everybody who tuned in live with us. Um, the show is available in a bunch of places. Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Google Play, Spreaker, uh, which is just a bunch of different places that you can find us. So go subscribe, rate, review. Guys, where can people find you? Planet Comic Con in a week and a half. Planet Comic Con. Planet Comic Con. I was getting to that, but Ryan is Buster Props. Yep. Jordan, how about you? Augustus Clockworks Cosplay Compendium. You gotta cut that thing down. <laughs> just look up, just look up look up Steampunk Bane on Facebook, you'll find me. There you go. Ray? Siren Ray, same place as last time. And I am the Star Trek dude. You can find us at Planet Comic Con in a week and a half. Yes. Buster Props will have a booth. Siren Ray will have a booth. I'm apparently neighbors with Abby Darkstar, but everything changes last minute, so we'll find out. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, we will have... She's a lovely lady. Absolutely. 
We will have three panels at Planet Comic Con this year. Friday, Screen Heroes will be ranking the live-action Star Wars films. On Saturday, Red Shirts and Runabouts will be wrapping up Season 1 of Star Trek Discovery. And on Sunday, Costume Couture will be bringing out their LGBT plus and cosplay panel. I think that is everything. So thank you for listening to the very end. We will catch you all next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.